at the intersection of life, Elijah gives talents and abilities and then the Elijah purpose. Yes. So with that purpose, you have to first probably go on some adventures to figure out what are you good at yeah. and how it can be useful, not just for personal gain yeah. or personal endeavors, how it can be beneficial to the people around you that need it. So what are you trying to build? What's the mm. thing that you are trying to do as you, you know, address the truth of the matter and use the scriptures to alter yeah. life and alter the life of others? I want people at least to understand that there's the, the very things that you go to school, you go to school for and you study have purpose. I believe God has his hand in human history and the very things you think that are worthless or don't have any value have plenty of value mm. you probably just haven't tapped to see the value that can have longevity wise and day to day yeah so i want people to realize that don't don't you know don't do away with what it is you think that has no value i believe god is has is very intentional and capable of using every ounce of everything that you ever do to not just develop and fashion your character, but to ultimately bring you to a place where he can use you as an instrument of righteousness, not wickedness. And I think we have to sort of tap into and unpack how and which he can, right? I believe we're all equipped to do what God has called us. There's an interesting statement from Aristotle who yeah. said, at the intersection of life, Elijah gives talents and abilities and then the Elijah purpose. Yes. So with that purpose, you have to first probably go on some adventures to figure out what are you good at yeah. and how it can be useful, not just for personal gain yeah. or personal endeavors, how it can be beneficial to the people around you that need it, mm. right? I believe there's a light that shines in all of us that can then bring some light in the darkness of somebody else's purpose or yeah. somebody else's need to feel valued in some way so that's what i would say do you think we need to still talk about the difference between the christian and the non-christian well i would say paul tells us to come and be separate mm -hmm. say it comes the difference between the two i always say the difference between the two is that i know christ yes the difference yes i don't think i don't think we're that far off and i think if we think that we are then I think we're making it out. Like I told you, there's a, actually there's a passage in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24 to 25. And he says, if anything you should boast about, boast that you know me, right? Yeah. Don't boast about your strength, your riches, yeah. anything else you have. So that's the big difference. Yes. And we've come not only to submission and acceptance, we've come to recognize and appreciate that all things work together for our good. Yeah. If we have a willingness to trust God in spite of it all. So I don't, that's the only big difference. I mean, C.S. Lewis put it this way, that there are Christians and they are very good Christians. And I think what he's pointing to is more of what James said, is that if you, he said, let's just not be hearers of the word, but doers of the word, right? So there's a difference between hearing it, processing it, putting it and being active in it versus hearing it, not quite understanding it. And then that would bring us to, the parable Jesus spoke about the 
farmer who went out and sowed good seed and there's different stages to where we are. So yeah. I don't think we're that much far off. We just have a relationship with Christ and they don't. That's yeah. the big difference to me. Yeah. There's the there's the believing in Christ. And then mm-hmm. there's the formation of Christ in each of us, right? So the, you know, Mahatma Gandhi said your beliefs develop your thoughts. And mm-hmm. so from the belief in Christ, then there has to be the thoughts that come of Christ. From mm-hmm. the thoughts of Christ, then the words pour out. And I just love how you're able to, you know, go through the scriptures and just remember that, you know, that's a gift in and of itself, right? Um, but the words pour out. And from the words that are spoken, then that forms our actions. So the formation of Christ is, is it begins with the belief, but then it has to be activated in the thoughts, the words, the actions, the habits, the value system that we hold. And then eventually, mm-hmm. I believe the destination is to become the very image of Christ walking on the planet, which I, I absolutely believe is possible. Yes. Uh, but it's a journey to get there, right? So yeah. as you search um, for your purpose, and it sounds like you found your purpose. So what's your purpose? To let my light, love, and truth, sh- let Christ's light, love, and truth shine through me. And purpose. how are you going to do that? Like on a very practical, everyday level, how do so, you So, I mean, it'll take a while for me to back that. <laughs> <laughs> because I gave you love, life, and truth shine through me. So how do I let God's love shine through me? very simple yes i believe that jesus was clear in the gospel of john chapter 15 he said they will know you are my disciples based upon how you love one yes so that love is an action is a choice yes it's something you choose to do so we know that god is love and if god is operating and living through me that the very actions and choices that i make in regards of matthew 25 about choosing to care for people choosing to be the very ambassador representative of Christ. And that yeah. all happens at my at my ability to be willingness for God to use me as that instrument of of, of him. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I would let God's love shine through me. Yeah. Another thing I would do is how I let God's light shine through me. Well, based upon we talked about our actions, right? Uh, Matthew chapter five, verse 13, right? We are called to be light and salt in the yes. world that's full of darkness, right? Yes. That light, we let our light shine before others so that they may glorify our Father in heaven. So that yes. light is what illuminates and shines in the darkness. Yes. Right. We know we understand, at least in the gospel of John, the darkness didn't comprehend it, right? Yes. And therefore, our ability to be active and intentional with our choices would then lead others to be questioned and try to comprehend what it is that we're doing and, and the emphasis and the need for what we're doing. But we know what we're doing. We know that we're being a light that a lot of people don't have. And sometimes, yeah. I love, there's a Kurt Franklin song that says, Last Jesus, which emphasizes that there are a lot of people out there that have never seen Jesus. It goes back to First John, but if we love one another, Christ's yeah, love yeah. is perfect and expressed. Yeah. So I said, let God's love, light, and truth so mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is, right, <laughs> I believe there are many different truths, but I believe it comes down to one truth where mm-hmm. Jesus said in, in, in Gospel of John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. No one can come to the Father except through me. So mm-hmm. there are not many avenues. 
how is there possibly many different ways that their interaction with God can happen, right? It doesn't yeah. have to happen in the church. It can happen on the street. It can happen yeah. with a conversation. It can happen yeah. anywhere. Yeah. And then we understand that the church is not just a building. It's a person, right? So your truth and how you speak and how you communicate, you represent that church. Yes. Right? We know anytime two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. So God shifted from it being a building to then conforming and changing the heart of the person, giving us a responsive heart. And we see that in Ezekiel 36, 26, and also Hebrews 8, 10. That speaks about that. Right. So that's how I let my love, my light and my truth shine. And I let Christ shine. Right. That's how I do it. It all has to do with how you represent yourself because yeah. you know who's watching. Yeah. And everyone's watching. So as yeah. long as you're trying to do that every day, you're not going to do it perfectly, by the way. Right. There's going to have moments and times. And I've learned that when James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Human anger yes. is not the righteousness that God our Father desires. There's been moments I've been outside that my impulses and my immaturity wanted to take over in those moments. But Mm -hmm. I had to come to realize that that's not the right approach in a moment in time as necessary to represent Christ. So these are things that take time for you to then evolve and to actually put them into practice. But the most important thing is it holds us accountable. Because if you are a representative of Christ, the accountability is the most important essential thing. How do you do these things and intend to do these things in in the right manner? So I would say that. I love it. So your purpose is in the everyday. Yes. Every day I'm going to be the love. I'm going to be the light. I'm going to be the truth. And that's my purpose. Yes, absolutely. So how do you teach people this as well? Yeah, so... One of the things that I do, so now I can revisit the statement that I made earlier when I talked about Luke 4, Matthew 4, yeah, right? And a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of these things are within the scripture. Yeah. It's time. And you, you asked a very important question. How are you able to recite some of these scriptures? Because I believe what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is the comforter but also the one that brings things back to your remembrance. Yes. But in order for you to remember, you have to read it first, right? God has to work with something. And part <laughs> of him working with something is your ability to, to intentionally seek him. Yes. And then through him, I mean, then through you, he operates through you for his right. purpose, for his right. goodness, right? So that well, particular I'm gonna, time, I'm gonna have to invoke that aspect of the Holy Spirit then, because sometimes I have a problem remembering. So now I'm going to say, well, Holy Spirit, I've read those scriptures. I've had that life experience. I need to remember, like right now. <laughs> <laughs> that can happen. That can happen. I, I had a couple of hiccups before. Left there like, God, what happened? <laughs> it could happen. Yes. Yeah. So, so I was going to say. Yeah, go ahead. You were I was going to say. Yeah, so this particular. Now, this is where a good. Herman Newts comes in. People's like, well, what's the Herman Newts? The Herman Newts is a solid foundation on how you interpret scripture. There are some statements that are called paradoxes. So paradoxes are extremely absurd statements. But once well-researched and found out, you learn later that it's possible that it's true. A lot of people have that conflict of whether or not that's potential or reachable. So you interpret the text correctly. But I want to give you a different an aspect of that text and I want to use it in a ways of how I apply different 
lenses that yes. I see the world through. Yes. So when Jesus was in the desert, yes, and the question was asked, turn those stones into bread. In yes. one text, in Luke, it says stone. And yes. Matthew, it says stones with the S, uh, which means it's not plural, it's singular. Yes. Right? One's plural, one's singular. One is speaking to selfish satisfaction and sufficiency. Yes. Yes. The other one is speaking to monetary economic value. Because right? we know we can take, if if Jesus took his his ability to perform signs and wonders yes. and multiply the bread, he can make financial economic uh, stability. Of course, that. of course. And that means using your that means using your power irresponsibly, which jumps me to the next one. When a devil told Jesus, now again, this is devil attacking Jesus in his humanity. Yes. Not in his divinity. Right? Well, Two he's only going to attack us in our humanity, and that's part of the Which separation is, and the lie, exactly. right? Yeah. So if Which we lines up our divinity, yeah. then we're lost forever, right? Exactly. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So you this know. is an example that people need to realize that even even in the fact that you are part, part of you is spiritual, yes. that is the, the weak element is your humanity. That's yes. where it is. So that's yes. him attacking you from that standpoint, like yes. you said. So yes. when he told Jesus to throw yourself down and yes. the angels will come and rescue you. What he's saying is use your power irresponsibly and immaturely. That's yes. what we tell them do religiously yes. from a religious, <laughs> a religious standpoint. So people don't realize I cast that... you down in the name of Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So yeah. people, don't, people don't realize that. That that was the that's the that's the religious temptation. Yes. Like yes. use it in a way where I have I would have to question why you're using it that way. Yes. And then the other one when he said, Bow down to me and I will give you all the kings. Let Jesus know all the earth belongs to me and thereof. Why would I need to bow down to you? For what reason? However, it had intentions of political temptation, right? Because it has to do with authority and power and influence, right? So when I share that with some people, like that's a political temptation. I say, yes, it is. That's really absolutely. You know I mean? So that's another way of seeing it, but because through the it's, lens it's, there. It's rulership of your own kingdom, right? Yes. Not the unity, not the mm -hmm. unified values, but it's I'm gonna take over and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna rule this one, right? And so that's yes. the ultimate temptation. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah.